one of the most valid criticisms I ever heard about Michael Jordan from a business perspective was that the league, the Nike, everybody around him, the network, everybody made they were they were all complicit in making him the man bigger than the business. Yeah. Because it was good for the business. Exactly. They they needed a face. They needed a face. He was a face. He was perfect for it. And it made him a billionaire and made him very, very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Is that good for the brand? I mean, it's wonderful if you're Michael Jordan. I mean, it's, look it's, at just look at the brand. It's been succeeding, right? It's it's it continues to grow. It's an international game now. Because yeah. of who? Because I mean, look, of my, because, yeah, look, I, of, because of Michael Jordan. I mean, you've seen those documentaries of the USA team. What was it? The 91 USA team with mm-hmm. when Jordan, Magic, and all those guys were there when they went international, opposing teams, taking pictures with them before the game, after the game. I mean, yeah, they grew the game. So they knew what they were doing. They did the right thing. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Here we go. Look at that. Officially on a podcast. Welcome back to the party, brother. Cheers to you. Yeah. We're drinking, everybody. <laughs> oh, this, this one might get wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to get wild. So, uh, did you catch my rant earlier today? No, I didn't. Mm. What do you mean? No, you didn't. I fucking sent you the, the screenshot. The mortgage applications down the largest amount in the last 22 years. No, uh, you didn't send me that. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I'm not sending uh, you shit on purpose now because oh. I want to talk, <laughs> talk to you about yeah, it on the show. Maybe, Live maybe, feedback. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I want a, a real, real response. But I've been telling everybody for a long time, man, like the, um, the mortgage space is hurting. There was layoffs at Better.com. There was layoffs at Lone Depot. There was layoffs um, at a couple different places. And everybody kept saying, oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. You, mm-hmm. know, you know, I've got family that works for some of these people. My dad's in the mortgage business. Everyone's like, oh, right. we're good. We're good. We're good. And now. I mean, refinance market is drying up. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. But the, I mean, the last time there, 22 years ago, you'd have to go back to get to the last time mortgage applications have been this low. Wow. That's a long. That's the dot-com bubble. Yeah. 2001, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a huge, and that wasn't even like a real estate recession back then. So the so, dot com bubble was was more of a you know an economic recession, but it wasn't a real estate really impacted one. What do you anticipate this being the first cycle, or you expect more of this to come? Or ah oh, man, the problem is every time I tell everybody this shit, it gets so fucking grim because people get people get really emotionally connected to what it is that they do. So if they're like a loan officer in the mortgage business, I think people forget that I'm in banking. Like right. we're, we're in the business, right? Exactly. So for, for me, it's just sensitive. Yeah, exactly. But I try to be a realist. The problem that I see is, and I, don't, I didn't see these articles either, but like Zillow and Redfin and everybody mm-hmm. else are putting out articles right now mm-hmm. that are like 
saying, oh, the market's not going to, not going to go backwards. It's just going to cool down for a little bit. It's in their best interest. It's in their best interest, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, but, but I don't understand why realtors do this. If you think about it from, from the perspective of like being like a realtor or being in the business, it, does, it shouldn't matter to you whether values go up or down. You should be able to, you should be selling units anyway, right? I mean, you don't mm-hmm. want, if, if the market goes down, properties are cheaper, you can serve your clients. If the market goes up, you made your clients some money. I mean, there, there's, there's spins of both, you know what I mean? Exactly. But they're like emotionally invested into to just the market has to go up. The market has to go up. It can't go back. And so what I, what I think is going to happen is, so this Friday is going to be the inflation number, right? Eight and a half percent. If that number hasn't come down, and I don't believe that it's going to come down significantly, then you're going to have a, a huge, it's basically going to tell the Fed that they can need to push harder. Mm-hmm. And Bloomberg already has a probability of, a, of an interest rate increase on June 15th mm-hmm. at 100%. They also have the increase on another 50 basis point increase on July 15th at 100%. Yikes. Now, I mean, that isn't, that isn't as ominous as it sounds. Leading up to the, the first 50 basis point increase, mm-hmm. it was a 200% probability. So, I mean, to give you an idea, that they're that much more. Well, increasing, this is something that I actually wanted to talk to you about. And I think that some of the listeners could really, you know, get, get a lot of value out of this is understanding that when they do raise interest rates, right, it costs the government more money to pay back their debts, right? So if they raise if they raise their interest rates, then they're going to have to pay another 100 I think they estimated 100 billion dollars in interest on our existing debt. So I mean, this isn't What? Did you do homework for this episode? I did a little bit of homework. Wow. Yeah, I would I would have like a a whole amount of new podcast respect for you if you were not absolutely cut off in the Oh, that's right. This is the, our first this is our first episode where we're Sa- actually Sa- recording. Saeed is literally t- like, talking with the mic in front of his face. Lower it a little brother. Brother. Uh, my on, bad, my bad. This ain't Joe Rogan, but it's yeah. near close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does it does cost them more money and, and there's also the quantitative tightening which effectively really started this this month, June. Mhm. So they're going to tighten up uh so quantitative easing, exactly what it is, kind of easing monetary policy, tight, tightening is one way. I don't want to get into the specifics of it because last time I did this, I got into a fight with somebody online about what tightening meant versus buybacks and stuff. Just pulling money out of the market. Effectively, it's exactly what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by design. But the problem I think a lot of people have is they're expecting like this to be like a knee-jerk reaction and all these things that happen overnight. And, and that isn't the way recessionary economies work. And that sure as shit isn't the way... 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation, there's no elasticity left in the economy. Right. right? There's no... Think of it like a rubber band. Like you pull it one way, you pull it really hard, it bounces back and goes the other way. Well, it's not happening right now. And the reason why is you can't have things this low, this artificially deflated, and not let the real monetary policy guide us, handing out stimmy checks to everybody when they want and not right. have ramifications. It's going to take a lot of movement. And I think the Fed's already told us that they're going to do that. So I, I fully expect there to be, and there, I think I saw, I can't remember where I saw the chart, but I saw a chart which put interest rate increases going up for the next year or so, really mm-hmm. not seeing an interest rate kind of coming back off interest rates until the end of 2023, mm-hmm. which I don't even know is going to a probability because November 5th, 2024 is the next election. Right. So there's a lot of politics between now and there's then. There's a too. lot. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about it on the podcast where, you know, they don't want to get involved in, you know, messing with the election. Well, they're going to be involved whether they want to be involved or not yeah, because exactly. the people are already saying, well, look, look what you got. You know, Biden gave you this. And it's like, well, I, I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, every president before this president has had their contributions and love or hate Trump or Biden or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can you can put blame on a lot of different people. But the Fed is supposed to act independent of politics. They're supposed to. Yeah. Supposed to. Doesn't yeah. always work that way. There's, yeah. there's a lot of reasons why, you know, it's not necessarily the same thing. But 
I'll tell you where, where I've seen it, like as a, as a consumer, I, you know, we've been looking at a house we live in, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, my wife and I, we bought this house, uh, as an investment property. I bought it as real estate owned from Wells Fargo back in 2012 ish. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so around that time. I remember you that. Helped me move I, in, I remember. Yes, I did. You did. I did. Yeah, look at you. You have to help me move out now too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like you will be. <laughs> no, no, not anytime soon. The uh, I went to go look at a property. It was a one point six million dollar property. I figured if we're going to spend over market, then not, better not to go up, you know, above two million. Mm-hmm. Where we've been looking historically, and the property that we saw, like Zillow, had the value at one point four. Wow. And some change. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's how disconnected we are. And like every other listing in our neighborhood, which you should sell, like they used realtors would get so bro. They would say. I'm going to list it on Thursday, and uh, we're going to be accepting offers on Tuesday. And yeah, you're like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, yeah we'll be <laughs> like, reviewing offers. Like, come with your final and best. Yeah, come with highest and best. Contingency. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, this shit's yeah. weird, right? But people were doing that. And now, now it, like the realtor, first of all, I, um, they made me show my proof of funds and um, my pre-approval before I went Which for, is, quote, private showing. Oh, private showing. Allegedly. I got there between 4 and 5 on Sunday. I got there at 4 o'clock. There's an open house sign out front. <laughs> like There's like 40 people inside. And I'm like, what kind of racist ass oh, shit is this? He hustled you, man. Bro, if my name was John Thomas, would I have had to give you my money? Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, just, it was just weird, bro. It was, it was weird, very, very bro. weird. And I was, I was like, all right, whatever. So I go, I go in there. It's not much bigger than the place that we're in now. And granted, we got an unbelievable, like, once-in-a-lifetime deal on this place. But... The realtor hit me up afterward. Was like, "Yo, man, you gonna make an offer?" Right. That would not have happened a couple months ago. Exactly. Yeah. He and then I, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about. It. I'm gonna let you know. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do it, but I want to talk to my lender." Next day in the morning, hey, bro, how did the conversation with the lender go? Oh. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I got him. Offers are tightening up. I got him. Yeah, I got him. So I looked on on Zillow and just out of morbid curiosity, listings in my area are going like 20 plus days. I saw a price. You told me before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. I saw a price cut today. I've been monitoring homes a in my reduction. neighborhood too, and I saw my first price reduction today. That's unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes to show you, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's due to the rates or, you know, houses are. But Zillow and Redfin say the values are only going to cool off, man. They're not going to go down. I mean, we know this. My previous home was listed on Zillow for a value. And then when I listed it for sale, all of a sudden the value changed immediately. Went, went right, along with, right along with my listing price. I'm like, I, I don't know how much of this is. You know, Bro, it sounds like organic. you're like obsessively compulsively looking at your home value on, Z- on Zillow. Is that what you're doing right now? Is that, <laughs> no, no. That look, guy? I, I, who doesn't look at the neighborhood? No, no, no. Don't be that. Everybody who's listening, do not do what Saeed's doing. Do not go on your shit and look. It'll drive not, you crazy. Not, not my stuff, but the neighborhood because you got you, you got to get a feel for what's going on. That's Stop. the best way I can get a feel for what's actually going on in the real estate you market. You got a 401k, right? Yeah. Do you look at that every day? No. Why not? Because it doesn't matter. So why would you look at your home value? You're not planning I'm not looking on at my home value. I want to see what people are paying for the same size house that I got. Ah, man, that sounds super suspect. What that's, do you mean? That, that's the same damn thing as the 401k. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moving. I'm, every, I'm staying. My, me and my wife are staying at our place for the next 20 years. Yeah, it's easy to say that when you just put in a pool, Mr. Ball so yeah. hard. Wow. No, hey, guys, I just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. I want to check and see uh, my pool's uh, done. Don't do this. That's the don't, ultimate don't, flex. Don't do ultimate this. Flex. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here just, you know, trying to put together a podcast and camera angles and you out here on vacation. We're stretching ourselves thin just We're to create memories for the kids. I wish I was stretching myself thin. Yeah. Yeah. No, not. N- nothing else about us is thin. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looked like you guys had a great time, but uh, speaking of thin... Should, should we talk? Should we talk about? Should we talk about testosterone now? Oh, we do oh let's do it. I thought, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I don't know if that was going to be on the table. See, I'm proactively getting out in front of this oh, shit, so yeah, you can't yeah, come so up I can't, with a joke yeah, later on. I see on. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had Eminem eight mile. Let me just get all the bad stuff out there. Yeah, way. I'm getting it all out in front of you now. So when you try to make fun of me later on, I could be like, I said that shit already, <laughs> yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I was, I've been feeling lethargic and tired for a long time, but what really, really kind of set me off was that I, I felt like I couldn't focus. And I thought that, I thought that it was me like losing love for work. Wow. Because I, I mean, I work hard. I do all these projects and like the new stuff that I'm in, I'm still like, interested. I can still focus a little bit, but my focus isn't the same as what it once was. You've always oh, like stretched yourself thin and mm-hmm. took on many projects and work. So it, it would be weird for you to all of a sudden fall out of love with some of the things that you're doing. I don't know, man. I thought it was maybe like it was the discipline thing or, or maybe it was, I, I, I don't know. So uh, on a whim, there's an age, a men's ages clinic in my neighborhood that specializes in this neighborhood, literally right on the street, mm-hmm. right around the corner. I thought, okay, well, I'll just go there and check it out. Like, see, like, you know, like, whatever they say. Got my blood tested, 369. For those of you who don't know, like, normal testosterone, uh, 300 to call it 1100. Yeah. So I'm on the, I'm like the real super in low, and they treat anything below 400. Okay, that's so, good. So this Friday, man, injections start. Injections start, and they start with small doses and. Just, 100, 150 milligrams. I don't know what small is. Just I mean, to get really just to get you to what levels? What's the what's the goal? Just to get There's, until you start feeling better, or they're like I don't know metrics it, that they're trying to hit. I really don't know. Like everybody's so different. Like you go online and try to read about it, and it's like one of those taboo things that like these dudes don't talk about. Yeah. So, well, there's a bad stigma to it that I, I think is, is really unfair. The bodybuilding uh, thing? It, the bodybuilding thing where people think that if you take this, all of a sudden you're going to turn into, you know, the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's, <laughs> that's me, not, not, that's not, not, how, that that's much, not yeah. how it works. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me set proper expectations right now. <laughs> yeah. You guys are expecting to see me in a couple months. And uh, let me look I can't like, no. wait. I can't wait. Chris, no. you're on testosterone looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's definitely not going to happen. 150 milligrams is nothing. Like 200, two, even like 250 is probably where you start really hitting like bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. like numbers i think i mean again i don't really know because a lot of this is like myth online it's right. a legend but it, it's not designed it's designed to get me back to like normal ranges and then he's going to give me some other stuff to mix in with that if my hormones respond in different ways so give you a shot wait a week give you another shot wait another week then blood test then do another blood test in two yeah, weeks i think it's a long it's a long process you're going to have to be patient and see how it all plays out but that means you're going to be jumping back on working out and eating right and i'm already doing that okay yeah i'm already doing Good. that i've been on i've been uh i've been working out five to yeah five to six days a week there but i'll go. tell you it's hard right now though dude. why Why? it's hard Oh, because you got a lot going on it's not even that it's i'm just so fucking tired i slept nine hours of the night right mm-hmm. thought okay i'm gonna go to bed early i'm gonna get plenty of sleep i woke up feeling like i got hit by a truck i can't tell you we actually you actually told me about that i can't remember the last time i woke up feeling well rested and I, that should never be the case. But you're blaming it on that I'm being a dad, though. Blame it on being a dad, carrying stress levels, maybe. But um, is that is that is that right though? I mean, is is that? I mean, look, I know we all do it. I know we all say that. I know mm-hmm. we all think, oh, we all work hard. Stress no. is relative. So like your stress, my stress, like it's hard. Exactly. To, it's hard to gauge like how you feel versus how anybody else feels. But mm-hmm. I think because it's so hard to gauge, everybody always says, look, this is life. It's normal. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because everyone else accepts it. Um, but you and I know it's not. It's not the right way. And. Uh, if we can do anything to fix it, we should. It's part of this like hustle hard culture that really bothers me too. It's it's so prevalent on social media right now. Like, oh, you got to work hard. And this guy standing in front of a Lamborghini talking mm-hmm. about how hard work. And I'm not saying you should be at the golf course three days a week. I'm not saying you should you know, not be working. But I will say that it we've glorified the idea of you should be tired and you should be pushing through this exhaustion. I don't know that that's... In like, every aspect of life, whether it's whether it's work, whether it's working out. You know, yeah, people nah. think that if they're not get, getting some high intensity level training workout, that it's not sufficient enough. Um, whether it's, you know, if I'm not exhausted from everything that I'm doing at the end of the day and being a good dad, then I don't feel like I did a good job. And, you know, we put, I think 
we all put too much pressure on ourselves. But how do you stop? Well, I don't know, man. So for me, I just took a self-assessment one day and said, I, I just don't feel right. And you know, I've been, I've been drinking energy drinks for like forever. Mm-hmm. According to my doctor, he's like, if your testosterone is this low at your size, it wouldn't surprise me if you're just exhausted and trying, your body's just finding a way to keep going and energy, energy drinks would have been the solution for like that long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when are you going to go get your testosterone? I got a lot of tightening up to do first. <laughs> Bro, that's exactly the problem. You're sitting here thinking to yourself, like, oh, I got to get in shape before I get on test. Not getting in shape. Fuck? No, no, not getting in shape. I got to get the, the diet right. I Have you ever been tested? Right. Do you even know? I don't even know where my levels are at. Why don't you get tested right now just for the just just to see where you're at? Let's do it. You got a test kit right here? LabsMD.com, bro. Super Let's cheap. Do it. Order yourself. I feel like you're part owner of the company. I'm not part owner of the company, <laughs> but I do recommend a lot of people go there. It's only not like, sponsored. Not sponsored, yeah. Matter of fact, if you are a sponsor, we're, in a, <laughs> we're looking for friends. But, uh, um, no, I mean, I've never never once. Uh, I've referred a lot of people there because it's easy to just get your own, like request it, pay for it yourself, and you can get reimbursed through insurance sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, we're gonna I'm gonna have to do it. No, you told me about it and I gotta get it sent to the house just so I know where my baseline is. You wanna hear you wanna hear a fucked up baseline? Okay. My dad at seventy years old, he means seventy oh, no, this don't. year. It's good. It's good. He's two hundred over two hundred points higher than me in testosterone at seventy years old. Well yeah, dude. He's like a black belt. What do you expect? He's better than you. Bro, he must be so horny. <laughs> like he must be so horny all the time. <laughs> years the old. Like for his libido, it must be crazy. Yeah, because he was tested like in the, I don't know. Look, I don't want to get into too much of it. You know, yeah, shit, we're not, but, we're not try, trying to talk I'm about. I'm just saying, my dad, the my dad, it's got to be something in the atmosphere, man. Like all this work, all this shit that we're doing, like all this stuff, like the food we're eating, it's got to be part of that, right? Because I've never fucked with like steroids or like in like enhancers like that. No, 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 no. I don't know what what it could be, but um, some people. What if what if he used to be like in the eight nine hundreds, and five hundred is is low for him. Hey man, props to you for not saying. I know what it is. You're a bitch. Yeah, good job. Uh, good job, you. I know you had to restrain yourself right there. You feel good? <laughs> That's like a good day today or something. Just feeling uh, like you righteous. Got, you go. You are a bitch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it took some Over time. Here, we finally here. got you there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So I mean, normal's up to eleven hundred. I know a guy who's like tested at nine hundred, mm-hmm. and he's like fifty. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, by his standards, it probably am a bitch. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. And if, and if it's, mine is lower than yours, you'll never hear it. What? <laughs> you wouldn't share that? You're a dick. You know I'll oh, share it. I'll share it. You're a dick. Well, I got some topics I want to discuss with you anyway. And I, I've, been, I've been holding off giving you information because, frankly, I know that. Well, before, I, be, before you dig those up, what, uh, any thoughts on what's going on with Elon and Twitter? Yeah, lots. Why? I want to hear about it. I mean, do you. What do you think is the real reason why he's trying to back out? I mean, I think the whole bots thing, him claiming about the bots is just his the only his only way out, potential way out, I should say. You know, it bothers me because I post about so much of this shit that you clearly don't see on social media. Well, so it bothers me. No, you post about it, but they're like can 15, you a, they're 15 second clips. I want you to go in depth detail. In detail. Bro, yeah. I did an entire YouTube video on it, you asshole. No, no not, not, <laughs> not like this. <laughs> what a dick, bro. Uh, so, okay, yeah, the easy answer here. I don't really know what it is. I don't think anybody in the world is going to know his motivations. There's something that can claim that he did this to expose Twitter and then wanted a way out, right? I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it either. But what I will tell you is Twitter has public filings. Mm-hmm. On those public filings of the SEC, you have to be honest, truthful. Your CFO signs off on them. Yes. And one of the things they said was they have 5% or less, and I don't remember the exact words, but like around 5% bots and scam accounts. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody, Trump and Elon Musk, and these people who have been... Uh, you know, kind of demonized on social media would probably argue that it's way higher and there's a lot of uh, foreign country influence, right? Mm-hmm. 
So it's a rightful thing to want to know because if you're buying a company in, let's say, it is a material fact. It's a material thing, right? Yeah. And as somebody who got into social media two years ago, I can tell you that there is an overwhelming amount. And I didn't know this. I was a consumer of social media. I wasn't a creator. Now I think I'm more on the creator side and I'm still learning. But when you start getting into it, the amount of bullshit scams and bots that are out there is so prevalent. And people grow their accounts with that stuff. And I made the mistake of hiring a company which grew my, my account with those bots. And I paid a full-time employee to remove them for basically a year. So it was not a cheap mistake. Mm-hmm. I know how toxic and bad these things can be. And they can seem like real people. You can go to websites and tell a website, like, I want comments like this. And then they'll give you comments from the bots that look like that. You can even get verified account bots now. I mean, that's, this all sounds way more than 5%. So Twitter has that problem. If you're Elon Musk, you have a due diligence clause in your agreement. This typical standard M&A, yeah. subject to due diligence. right? right. Stuff that you normally wouldn't be able to get without an NDA. Mm-hmm. And he has every right to look into it. Now, the fact that he's made it public, it's you know, Elon Musk, he does weird shit. Okay, fine. Normally, you wouldn't be so public about it, but he has every right to back out. Now, if Twitter lied to him when he got into the purchase agreement, mm-hmm. that billion-dollar breakup fee yeah. no longer applies. So if Twitter doesn't prove up, which they've said they're going to fight Elon Musk. And the, I know, think this is going to go all the way to trial, though. I don't think they're just going to let him walk with a billion dollar breakup. Even I, don't, I think they want at this point they're going to want more than a billion dollar breakup. No, they, they're only entitled to contractually one billion dollar breakup fee. Yeah, so that, that's all they can get from him, other than they can get some damages from from defamation and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But he hasn't said anything that's defamatory. He said prove up. Yeah, that's not a defamatory statement. That's true. Uh, but what I will tell you is for Twitter, if you go all the way, you better be fucking damn sure. What mm-hmm. you said in your SEC filings, you oh, can validate. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if they dig into this and that shit ain't true, mm-hmm. not only are you going to lose that, not only are, are you going to lose that, that case, that money, spend that money on legal, it's going to be a very public fight for sure, but you also have to answer the SEC. Mm-hmm. And now you got, and there's, there's a lot of, so Twitter in theory is a, is a great idea, right? It's an outlet you can just respond to people with. Mm-hmm. Right, just real unilateral. It's a way to amplify your, your message. Out, yeah. yeah, it's amplify your message. But it is overrun with media, with journalists, with people that already have influence using it as their platform to send out small, bite-sized chunks of press releases. Mm-hmm. It isn't really a content consumer's platform for the general public. Everybody there is usually into like a, like a space, like NFTs, yep, like politics. Right. And you're getting I don't necessarily think that the Twitter is as economically viable and they really aren't making a whole lot. They're not making any money. OK, so. You know why Elon Musk would want to buy it in the first place, I guess it comes down to how he sees himself making money. But there's a whole hell of a lot there that's already problematic for Twitter. Layer this in. It could kill Twitter. Yeah, I can see that. I know that there have been other companies that have tried to come out and create a similar platform that have failed or not. No one has really tried to improve the product. Um, but what I was thinking is that, you know, I know that Tesla, uh, I think a year ago went on a hiring spree of like increased their staff at 45%. Now there's reports coming out that he's going to be laying off 10% and wasn't he supposed to get his financing through borrowing against his own Tesla stock. And now we see how the market's playing out Mm. and Tesla stock's going down and now he could be putting his own company Tesla at risk. Well, yes and no. So just because you borrowed against it doesn't necessarily mean that it's at risk. If he couldn't sign, it would be a conflict of interest for him to leverage his Tesla stock and then leverage his 
his position in the company beyond just his own personal ownership of it. Now, granted, okay. he owns a lot of it. Right. All of it, essentially. He, he has... Um, there's a somewhat of a, of a business conundrum here, right? You can leverage your stock position and they can liquidate your stock in the open market to shareholders. You're still in the position that you're at. You just own less stock in a worst case event scenario default. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that shouldn't affect Tesla's price. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't affect Tesla's hiring decisions. Mm-hmm. It should affect his personal decisions, how he's going to pay all that stuff back. That, that's a huge chunk of money to pay back. And the banks that, that made the, you know, the loans to him, people... People tend to forget that when you get to a certain status in life, and this is a universal truth that I think that people really don't like to accept, and even even myself, mm-hmm. when you get to a certain status in life, the world caters to you in a different way. Look at athletes, right? They go their whole life. This is true. Not knowing what it's like economically to live in a normalized world because everybody perceives them to be a future millionaire. They get to the league. They're making money. Everybody, you know can be very parasitic in their lives. It's, it's a very different life. Warren Sapp was the first person to explain this to me. Mm-hmm. He would come into town and a, a dealership would give him a Cadillac to drive around <laughs> because they wanted his name associated with, right. you know, with their dealership. People would call him up and give him free clothes, boxes of free clothes. He, he would walk into a club. I'll never forget, we walked into a club at one point in time in LA and I'd, I, he had a buddy who was in the weed business and we rolled up in a limousine that night that picked us up. I, I still have no idea why he picked us up in a limousine. Right. We go to this club in LA and Warren gets out of the car and they literally part the seat. Nobody, nobody knew who we were. They just saw Warren Sapp get out of a car. Right. They part the seas, like, like literally part the line. We walk straight in, mm-hmm. right? No entry fee. And I mean, I granted, I understand if you're somebody in LA, this is not a big deal. This hit us at a table next to us is Giselle Bunchen and Victoria's Secret model. They combine our tables. Like this is not normal life shit. This is not normal life shit. So yeah. you can't expect him to have a normal life perspective. It's true. And, and there's relationships that you get. But this extends the business, too. Someone like Elon Musk calls up a, a large bank and he wants to make a deal happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a look yeah. that other people aren't going to get. And I know that doesn't, this doesn't sound right. It doesn't yeah, sound fair. Because they, they want to be associated with you know, having a relationship with Elon Musk. They want to be on his good side. Yep. They, they want they want to value, they want to be in that, in that sphere with him. And this is a guy who's got influence, whether you like it or not. He's a public mm-hmm. figure. So I hate I hate to make it sound as trivial and use that as an example, like a club, but that's really what it is. No, yeah. These guys can do things. They have access to things that nobody else would, would do. I don't know that anybody else in the world would be able to pull off that level of financing quite the way that he did. It's insane. Yeah. Like LeBron James being a billionaire, billionaire in the league right now. First active, you heard about that? First active billionaire. Yeah. Active. Active, active player. Player. Who's a billionaire. Who's a billionaire right. Playing. Now think about this. You go to the game and you watch him play. Right. This is one of the wealthiest men in the world. <laughs> exactly. One of the wealthiest men in the world on the court. You're watching him for entertainment value for you. How fucking weird is that? Yeah, man. I mean, to think that he should have a perspective on like what we what normal people deal with on a day-to-day, you know, and people get outraged by him or whoever, any of these celebrities, it's like they're gonna they're gonna miss that because they just don't know. They don't get it. Um, so you know, I agree with you. LeBron James got years, plural, years left in the league, too. That's the part. That oh, man. And they say he, he just prioritizes sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's those uh, off-season um, trips to Europe where he gets some kind of replacement therapy. Uh, which Kobe, Kobe did for a while. He got yeah. permission from the league to do that, right? Like to go to, to Germany. Yeah, yeah, he went to Germany. Yeah, went to yeah. To Germany, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, it, it's a different world these days. I'll tell you that what trips me out about someone like LeBron James, and I, and I don't, this is going to make a lot of people feel weird. I don't watch sports anymore. I actively stopped watching, and I, I was a huge NBA fan. Huge. I used to watch 
uh, the Sweet 16. I used to watch college playoffs all the time. I mean, that was my that was my thing. And we missed Game Three of the finals tonight. Oh, do we really? Yeah, I did not even fucking know that. Yeah, was it? Do we? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. Good, because I really wasn't sorry. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know you weren't <laughs> sorry. I wasn't sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I stopped watching sports because I just my my perspective is different now, man. And, and like the time, the time is super super valuable to me. But we're we're at a weird time in the economy. And I look at someone like LeBron James, who's as big as he is, and I see him as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. with people around him that are business-minded i don't see him as a teammate player no he is the team he's the gm he's he's the coach he's everything but that's not pure man that's not the game unless he feels like he knows it better than everybody else i mean think about it how many finals trips has he had i mean you haven't watched in a yeah. long time so i don't know but no, like, i mean I, I, it's I not pure big, but... it's not it's not pure but to think that this wasn't going on before it's just it's not out in front one of the most valid criticisms I ever heard about Michael Jordan from a business perspective was that the league, the uh, Nike, everybody around him, the network, everybody made they were they were all complicit in making him the man bigger than the business. Yeah. Because it was good for the business. Exactly. They they needed a face. They needed a face. He was a face. He was perfect for it. And it made him a billionaire and made him very, very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Is that good? for the brand I mean, it's wonderful if you're michael jordan i mean it's, it's, look at just look at the brand it's been succeeding right it's, it's it continues to grow it's an international game now because yeah. of who because, I mean, look, of my, because of because of michael jordan i mean you've seen those documentaries of the usa team what was it the 91 usa team with mm-hmm. when jordan magic and all those guys were there when they went international opposing teams taking pictures with them before the game after the game i mean yeah they grew the game so they knew what they were doing they did the right thing I don't know, man, but I look at that now. Obviously, as a purist, it must bother you. It bothers me. It yeah. bothers the shit out of me because I'm not... That's why I used to love college college that's, sports so much. It, yeah. was, it was just so much more pure. Now college sports gets endorsements. It's now it's a business. Half these guys got... Well, I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Uh, that's actually a good topic to talk about. I mean, these, these guys, they're making so much money. When the rules of the NCAA were first created, they weren't making money off these players and these schools and these teams like they are now. Okay? Yeah. So I think I think it's fair to say some of those rules should be should have been revisited a long time ago. But they these kids can't even make money off their likeness. I mean, I don't know now. I know some of the rules have changed, but prior the ever since past last year, they weren't able to. They well, they couldn't sell they couldn't sell on eBay their own shoes that they wore. No, I get that. I, I really do, but I'm taking a drink of alcohol. Nobody judge me. Um, <laughs> Here's my problem with that whole thing. I, I believe these kids need the money, and some of them, some of them come from from really unfortunate circumstances. And I get all that. I'm not I'm not judging any of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They should have access to money. They should have access to to leverage their position. But what I would say is, there should be a dollar limit. Absolutely. There should be a dollar limit. You should be able to provide for basic necessity. There should be the school should. And I have a very different opinion about this. Okay. Okay. Because I've seen the lack of financial literacy in so many kids coming up. So my 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 opinion here is left. Right. I believe the schools should have in place a financial counselor to act as trustee for these kids. Absolutely. Like, and this like, person, these, like child actors, right? Exactly. Yeah. And child actors, for those of you who don't know, child actors actually have a fund that's supposed to be set aside for them. Mm-hmm. It's a small portion, and it really should be more, that their parents and nobody else can touch. And mm-hmm. that's just a fund that's supposed to be set aside for the child actors just in case something bad happens and the parents take advantage of it. Think, you know, anybody you want to that was a child star. In the NBA, 
you get these these players that come up and they can come up quick or they come up slow. If you're now making money in college, mm-hmm. you should be you should be having somebody shepherd you through financial. I don't give a fuck about your underwater basket weaving class that you're taking to some bullshit elective, you know, in college. Right. I don't care about your basic fucking zoology class. And it bothers me. It bothers me that there this isn't a requirement. But these these players should have an absolute fucking mandatory financial liter- You should say, listen, you want you want to make money in this school? You want right. to do this? Yes. You want to play for us? You're taking a credit class. You're taking a wealth management class. You're going to do this shit whether you like it or not. Right. And I think that should be an absolute requirement. And I also think they should assign trustees to these kids to say, look, my job is to help you spend your money appropriately. Right. My job is to make sure that you spend your money in the necessities that you need and that you're reserving as much as you can. And then I'll set aside a reserve for you to spend and, and, just, and, and live a comfortable and lifestyle. Think, and think about how great that would be for the schools if they can show future students, let's say 20 years from now, Look at these kids that never ended up making professional sports. And with the money that was given yeah. to them, look what we were able to do for them. Yeah, think about this. If you got out of college, let's, let's just say hypothetically you were not an NBA player. And I was never that talented, although I like to think that I was when I closed my eyes at night and when I recant the stories, I was like fucking Jesus with the basketball, throw, but whatever. Throwing you a couple of alley Yeah, you're telling me a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, imagine how much different someone's life would be if they got out of college, they tried to make the NBA, couldn't make the NBA, but then they have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting there. For them to invest. Right. It's, it's a great springing board for them. You know, you buy an investment property, you buy you know, one or two, maybe you start a business. It gives mm-hmm. you a different outlook. I mean, not everybody can be a Magic Johnson where they own a shit or like well, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is making more money now. Top 1% of 1%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're taking people who've learned the business. And, and Shaquille O'Neal, the first to tell you, I think I've seen him on interviews talking about how he'd been ripped off before, how he'd been, how he'd been taken advantage of. Yeah. I don't know. He's about. made a lot of smart investments. He's had a lot of good people in this corner that helped him make a lot of really good investments. Like he invested in, I think, general insurance, mm-hmm. the ring doorbell. Oh yeah. I mean, you name it. I mean, and angel investing for those guys is a, is a different thing. They, they, people know they have money, so they get hit up for that. I mean, I, I respect where they're coming from and, and all the things that they're doing. But what I will tell you, we don't we we set these people up for failure, and then we wonder why. Right. It happens. I mean, you're taking a kid a kid out from you know middle of the country or inner city or somewhere and you're giving them you know they're you're afraid of giving them 10 or fifteen thousand dollars because you don't know what they don't know what to do with it well why don't you help them i never, i'll never forget so i actually asked warren about this years and years and years ago I, you know i asked him like yo like i don't understand i don't understand why you do some of the things that you do like what so he would he would stay on my buddy's couch like he would he would sleep on his couch, and this is a guy who was a multimillionaire, had rings, was considered one of the greatest football players of all time. Mm-hmm. Sleep on his couch, like when he, he's visiting, like from when out he's of visiting, town? unless okay. he had a girl in town. I mean, it's not like it wasn't like a money thing. It's just he'd prefer to do that, right? And so I once I asked him straight up. I was like, "Yo, like I want to understand like your perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to understand." And he he knew, but it what was weird to me was that he knew he had an answer for you. He had an answer. Wow. Like he, he knew why his perspective was, and, and he put it to me, and, and this is going to be a somewhat racial, this, these are his words, not mine, and right. you know, I'll give a little bit of asterisk Yeah, be there. careful. Yeah. <laughs> so he said to me, like, I, I grew up as a very large African-American male. Right. Right. Everywhere I went, that's how people saw me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he went to Louisiana, LSU or something like that. And then, um, and, he, and he was saying like, everywhere I was in the South, like people knew I was an athlete. Right. I was, I was just too big. Football's a huge part of the culture down there. People knew. People always treated me different. I'm visibly, aesthetically different. I'm mm-hmm. very big. And I mean, even the dude, when I saw him, and well after retirement, he, he was still, I mean, 
veiny forearms, huge. He's, Genetics, he's just, man, he's just yeah. a huge, yeah, he's, he's a different kind of animal. Right. And he, he was like, my whole, my whole life. He's like, I came out of high school this big. Got into college this big. My whole world's been catered to me. They all knew I was going to make the league. Yeah. And when I made the league, they all knew I was going to be one of the greats. It was a foregone conclusion that I was going to be exceptional. So my whole life, I've been treated like I was a celebrity. He's like, think about it when you're 14, 15 years old and you're going through adolescence and, and you're trying to figure yourself out. When everyone else around you is telling you how fucking amazing you are yeah, all the time. Right. You're destined for this path. Yeah. And now you feel like you, you, this is your only option. And then you would go fast forward and get out of the league. Mm-hmm. You're still cool. You're still famous. You're still that guy. Everybody wants to shake your hand because you did so well because you're, yeah. you're a notable, was, mar- they, marketable yeah, player. Marketable, right. And then time goes by and nobody gives a shit anymore. Yeah, they're on to the next. They're on to the next. Man, that's... Yeah, you can see how if it was if, if it was anyone else other than Warren Sapp, because Warren Sapp, like you said, is still a very famous, very mm-hmm. popular guy. I mean, I think Super Bowl champion, right? Yeah. He, uh, um, what about the people that aren't famous anymore? No one, like you said, don't give a shit well, about. Dude, think about, I, mean, I don't know what the average lifespan is. I think I remember it was like a super short number in the NFL. Super light, because you just a lot of contact. In the NBA. You got I think I, I think I heard this too, like uh, mid to late 60s. Mid to late 60s. Oh, you mean life? I talk about life in the, in the league. Oh, yeah, life, I mean, oh, career. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when yeah, you get yeah. banged up, I mean, career is just a short. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, to your point. Well, I, look, I, I, here's the thing is I don't get is like so many people go into these situations and they think to themselves like this is a career. And that trips me up. To this day, and I think we talked about this in one of the first podcasts you and I did. To this day, I'm always thinking like what if like my job goes away? Right. I mean, number one, number one fear prior to being married and having kids obviously now my fears kind of change a little bit but mm-hmm. that's always been like what happens if this goes so i've always planned and worked and lived like that job was going to go away yeah so i don't have like this big ass crazy house or like i don't live like this excess lifestyle i remember building the two project cars that i have yeah that took a lot of emotional turmoil for me to, to be willing to spend that kind of excess capital to, to do it when are those when are those getting done bro i, I mean the the beamer's got to be done soon right um the bmw needs to go to paint and body uh all the mechanicals done that's a lot of custom work done for that car um it's 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 a completely different animal you ne- you'll never see another one like it on the street mm-hmm. the dots is already done yeah it, it i have to do some front-end body work to fix up some issues and then repaint it but mm-hmm. it, it's running it was on a dyno wow yeah just under 400 horsepower it's a huge amount of horsepower but yeah that these projects come to an end here's my other problem is is i don't know where i'm gonna put them right now oh yeah (laughs) that's a that's a real problem yeah well uh if we ever get a studio we can have the cars there and bring warren sap on (laughs) (laughs) well we had a bit of a falling out we haven't spoken in a long time so shout out to him if you're listening but something tells me he's not (laughs) (laughs) well uh warren i'm willing to make it up whatever chris did I know it was Chris's fault. Yeah, it was a little bit my fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that story for another time, but suffice it to say, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, but, you know, so I, I was going to talk to you about some other things. Yeah, right. Let's do, let's do some rapid fire topics. Uh, rapid fire topics. We want to yeah. do some rapid fire topics. I yeah. got some stuff listed because I actually do homework for the show, unlike you. Feelings, shows up. feelings, no facts. Feel- <laughs> feelings, <laughs> no facts. Is that a real thing? Yeah, we're, we're going to make it a real thing. Okay. Well, all right. So feelings, no facts. All right. I saw an article the other day that said, don't worry about deep recession. There are pretty good odds of a soft landing, PIMCO exec says. A soft landing? Yeah. So everyone's trying to spin that the Federal Reserve is trying to provide a, quote, soft landing for us in this recessionary economy. Here's my problem, is if you read that again, and you actually read the article, he says that, oh, we're going to be in a recession 
Yeah. It's just not going to be a really bad recession. Right. And PIMCO is an investment management company. They provide investment security stock, so it's in, in their, their best interest. interest. Right. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't necessarily know, but the quoted economist in this article said, and I'm and I'm going to go ahead. Speculating on inflation would be uh, would be would speculating that inflation would be brought down. So mm-hmm. this Friday, which, we'll, which, we'll which they will, and then the market will rally again. I don't think it's going to be brought down that much. I don't think it's going to be brought down that much. But then the market will rally again, and then I think there'll be another dive. So he said, and I'm quoting here. He noted that. Trouble in the housing market could prove to be a hangup, but overall, he believes the Fed will be able to find the narrow runway for success. So here you have a guy who's in the stock market saying, but real estate's going to be fucked up. It's hard. Yeah, to, yeah. This is my problem with, with economists at this point in time. It's like so many of them have an agenda. Of course, man. Of course. Everyone's been riding this wave now for so long that, you know, at this point, they, they have to keep pushing it. They have to keep pushing this narrative. Right. I mean, what's you don't do? You don't look. I'm the first to admit when I make mistakes. Right. I'm the first to admit when my opinion is wrong. I I I truly believed that mortgage applications were going to be down today, and I truly believe we're going to see very very little, if any, decrease in Mm -hmm. inflation on Friday. And if if I'm wrong, and you know, it's it's moved significantly. I, I hope to hell that I am. Right. I'll be the first to say, you know what? I was wrong. I fucked that up. I read something today, and I don't know. T- let me know if you uh, know much about this. I, apparently, the measuring tool that they used to use for the uh, CPI, right, consumer price index, mm-hmm. um, they've they've now changed some of those parameters on how they measure, you know, these inflation. Yeah, they have, and and it's actually yeah. it was it's actually like mind blowing, you know, because they used to measure like let's say if some if a pound of sugar costs a dollar. And now it's a dollar ten cents. All right, inflation went up ten yep. percent, but they don't do that anymore, right? No, and, and this is where I mean we're going to get in this conspiracy theory kind of realm. There's a lot of money to be made in these numbers coming out. You ever see um, fuck? I don't a- think it's conspiracy. I think it's I think it's pretty logical, man. I mean, if you, it's in their best interest. Like, why if if they, for instance, if they say inflation is high is is actually higher than what it is, then Think about all the things that they have to pay out more on, right? Social Security Administration, welfare. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So you ever see Trading Places, Eddie Murphy, way back in the day? Of course. Don't say of course like you like, but you ain't that guy. You ain't. I I am the Eddie Murphy guy. Stop. Fuck out of here. Okay, so go on Trading Places. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but um, so he that you know how but the whole market was corrupt it was a commodities trade mm-hmm. you remember how they, were, they were doing like commodities orange juice you know blah 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 and they got the numbers beforehand yeah 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 that's kind of what a lot of this shit feels like right now it not really ki- feels not kind of dude that's what it is that's and what music, it, and people forget the new york stock exchange is not they they're owned by people it's it's not a government entity right people own that fucking thing yeah so like, I don't want to get conspiracy. I don't go too far down. No, this we don't want to go. But, yeah, right. It's just it's it's worrisome. But there's no fucking doubt in my mind. There are people who will know what that CPI index information is before Friday, mm-hmm. and they'll be trading in advance of that shit. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's it's fucked up. But that like, you can't you can't do anything about that because then that you and I can do to change that. You can mm-hmm. just kind of play the hand that you're dealt. But going back to the economist thing because you get off topic a lot. A May Bloomberg survey found that thirty percent of economists expect a recession in the next twelve months. The Fair. most since 2020, and more than two times the number from three months ago. Economists are less fearful than most Americans. More than 80% believe a recession will come this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
Okay, but if 80% of the consumer population believes that a recession will come this year, and I do not believe the consumer is stupid. Yeah. I believe that most people that, that are polled and surveyed for that are listening to a lot of things like the rhetoric online and looking at the, the kind of the general, like how I feel. And a lot of the aging population have lived through five, six, seven recessionary economies. Right. I would say that economists are spinning their spin, Zillow, Redfin, all those people, right? You know, if you're PIMCO, whatever. And they're getting in a situation where they can't fucking deny it anymore. And more and more people well, are they have to like, now start getting on the right side of it. Right. You have to, yeah, because yeah. you, you don't want to jeopardize your professional reputation exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. Because you were a dumbass. I mean, saying, they were like, nah, they were, man. Value's gonna go up. They were getting paid a lot of money to say the value is going up, value is going up, but now it's not. It's not so bad if you now try to get on the right side of things. Mm. You, are you tipsy right now? Not at all. You man. look tipsy. I, 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 you should have had him, the bottle down here. You know how I know you're tipsy? One of the cameras shut off. You didn't even notice. What? I'm not looking at myself like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring straight at myself the whole time. <laughs> So another topic I want to share with you. Remember my, my man, the Better.com CEO, the guy with the most punchable face of all time? Oh, that? yes, 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 yes. I fucking hate that he guy's laid face. laid off a bunch of people on a Zoom call? Yeah, I fucking hate that guy's yeah. face. Oh, my God. Like, his face bothers me. Jeez. Like, I, I want to punch him. That was one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever seen. Good, I'm glad you said that, Saeed, because I got something to share with you now. Okay, good. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah, he's a doucher. Well, let's make sure we go. put his name out here. What's his name? I, I don't want to do that. Okay, fine. Better.com CEO. Better.com CEO. Look it up. All right, you ready? Uh-huh. Former executive vice president for sales and operations, Sarah Pierce, has accused the company of misleading investors in financial filings and other statements when it was pursuing a SPAC merger in an effort to go public. Ooh-hoo. So not only do you have the most punchable face of all time and you're a total piece of shit for the way you fire people, but you're an unethical motherfucker too. Yeah, man. I mean, surprise you? For everybody out there, if I ever am arrested for anything, it's going to be punching this dude right in the fucking throat if I ever see him out. And I do go to a lot of these events where I could possibly run into him. And if I do, I want you to hear from me first. I am sorry that I am not sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a hold me back. Hold me back moment. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hope hope you don't hold me back because I'm going to go straight ham. I I mean, is is it sad to say that I'm not surprised? I don't know. I feel like these type of things, these type of things don't surprise me, man. They call me cynical, call me whatever. They just don't surprise me. I want to call you a piece of shit. How about that? Yeah, yeah, all right. Got one last thing for you. Let's go. You ready? Yep. You set. You look. I'm ready. You look tipsy. No, not at all. You do. You look a little tipsy. No, it's hot in here. It is hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sweating. All right. So, literally three, four days ago, mm-hmm. I see on television that. These uh, buy now pay later services have a forty two percent payment first payment default or not first payment default buy now pay later services okay. yeah so people are paying late forty two percent of the time that's not their actual default like financial default they're still paying but forty two percent of the time they have late oh payments. yeah 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 that's a big number that's so a huge especially number. when you think about we are at the highest debt levels we've been in I think ever I think ever it's, right. it's massive right non household debts here. and then I see at this Apple conference that Apple Mm-hmm. Is now offering buy now pay. Why? As if they can don't make enough money, dude. Y'all one of the richest motherfucking companies in the world. Why you want to profit off this? You don't need buy now's pay later. Come on, man, that's bad. That that's like a a heroin what addict. Was the, saying, what what come, was come, their what was their pitch? Like, there, there's no pitch. They announced it like, oh my god, this amazing service. Look at us, we're amazing. And I'm sitting here the whole time going, what in the actual fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, they have the credit card. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're in that space, whatever. They have their own. I think they're doing this internally, too. I don't think this is like a third-party company. I have to look up the details. I was just so appalled that I don't want to get into it. But but if you're Apple, like, and you're hearing this, 
Shame and you're on one you. of our five listeners. <laughs> Shame on you, Shame man. Shame on you. Why? I know. You're better than that. Go do something better. Yeah. Make another AirPod. Make one that I can't lose. Make one that actually sits in my fucking ear. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Apple and Elon should get together like Neuralink and just place the AirPod in my ear permanently. Oh, God. You know how much like religious people fanatics come out because the mark of the devil is like the permanent thing inside? <laughs> like that would be a whole. Uh, that would... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ compels you. I mean, it's it's a whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't get into all that. It's, yeah. it's you, you go you go way left every time you go there. Elon Musk said he's about uh, six months to a year from. I think I want to say six months to a year. I'm maybe Davids are off, but from like making a huge like Android robot, like a real thing. Dude, yeah, like iRobot, like Will Smith. What happened to the Neuralink thing? Huh? That should have been out by now. Well, look, if he makes the robots, maybe Will Smith's career will come then back. What happened? What then? What's going on with? Um, was he supposed to create some train from here to SF and? I feel like half the shit he says, he just says when he's high, and people like catch on because he's smart. And they're like, smart. oh man, this guy's cool. He says cool he stuff. He can do it. Yeah. He's... He made the boring company. Look at this flamethrower. Tony Stark, the real one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I get it. But yeah, I don't see any robots and I don't yeah. see any trains. Yeah. Is, is this your way of saying you want to go to Vegas? Can we? No. Oh, we can, we're, we're past both that. Mar- yeah, we're past both that. Married. No, but we can take our wives, go, go on a show. We can watch John Legend. I want to see John Legend perform. I've never seen him perform. I don't know if you know this, but John Legend has been canceled by cancel culture. No, I did not know you, this. You did not know this? For what? Yeah, him and his wife. You didn't know this? His wife was, was making He still has residency. Comments. Yeah, John Legend is uh, John Legend is not a popular man. I made a video. I did not know this. For those of you who don't follow my early, early social media, I did a lot of celebrity homes. I did, I did a video on John Legend and Chris Teagan's home. Okay. It's a beautiful home, right? Okay. The amount of fucking hate, bro. But what, what did he get canceled for? Because I want to get into Because this his wife is a little lippy. Okay, she can be lippy. Listen. I don't like John Legend for his choice in women. I like him for his song. For the same reason that Why people... Why did you say that shit like it was fucking money? I like him for his song. No, I like him for his songs. For the same reason that people used to get an uproar about, like, how could you like Tiger Woods? You're bro, like, I love I like, Kevin Spacey's acting, like, but he's I, been canceled, no, bro. No, 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 that's... You no, can't, don't, don't put that on me. Don't, don't what, do that. What's the difference? No, I like his acting. You like his you, songs? His, his wife gets lippy versus this guy is a pedophile. That, he co-signs his wife's behavior, and some of his wife's behavior has been, for the public sentiment at least, has been that it's not appropriate. I think... I honestly don't mind his wife's behavior in that i gotta tell you she says some obnoxious shit she, mm-hmm. she pops off from time to time but sometimes that shit's necessary and we can't censor I know, it everybody. can be annoying it can be annoying but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy his music i've always loved his music personally. i love his music yeah. but let me tell you right now if we're at the age where we go to vegas and we look forward to going to a john legend concert and having no, a nice going to dinner. a nice dinner having a nice drink going to a john legend show and then See whatever happened. Now both the damn cameras turned off. Look at that shit. We got some God. logistical problems to work out here. That's, that's all right. It's terrible. If it make you feel any better, that record button that you hit over there that never actually started working. Oh. Yeah, you fucked that one up a long no, time. I did, no, I did. I hit it. It says still red. It's, what are you talking about? It says it says record. The, the, the clock's not moving, bro. No, it's moving. It says 4854, 4855, 4856. Okay, well, I'm blind to shit. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Saeed, sober up. God bless. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. 
And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.